My name is Dulce Valencia, and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music, to the cast, to the unforgettable plot twist. Every slap, every imbecile, every secret twin. I have got you covered. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of Telenovelas con Dulce. I'm Dulce Valencia. And y'all, <laughs> I am joined here once again by our dear and beloved friend, Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada. What's uh, up? <laughs> All right, y'all. So things y'all should know. So last week, we said we were going to watch Caer en Tentación up until, I think, episode 90, maybe 92, because if you, if you're... If you're not new here, you know that I typically like to leave the last episode and make that its own episode because there's always so much to unpack. But then on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Kimberly came over and we started just binging Caer en Tentación. One episode led to another and to another and then we started getting answers and then it got juicy and then we finished it. Yep. <laughs> And we cannot process. I'm still numb. I'm numb. I'm numb. If you have seen the finale, you know what we're talking about. You know exactly what we're talking about. But for the purposes of this episode, we are going to be talking about everything that happens leading up to the grand finale. At this point, y'all know we're a we can get a little messy when it comes to doing our recaps. This is not... Like any telenovela we've done before. One, both with Ruby and with Teresa, we had already watched them prior. We knew how it ended. It was a rewatch. It was rediscovering a telenovela now as adults. And for this one, mm, this one like rocked me emotionally and mentally because like, again, so I just have, I don't want to be repetitive, but this telenovela is hard to watch to the point where, you know, Mexican audiences even had to complain enough for the producers to put symbols or words at the bottom of the screen to let people know, are you seeing the past right now? Or are you seeing the present? There's just so much. It's almost like exhausting, but like, I don't want to say that word because obviously like it's enthralling. Like it was captivating. I always feel like, and I say this as a fan of art, but I don't consider myself an artist. I always thought, you know, something is a beautiful and magical piece of art when it elicits strong emotions out of you. And that is constantly what Caer en Tentación did to the point where like, I'm like so tired emotionally. I've been through it, y'all. This won't put me through it. We're So we're sorry. We apologize in advance. And we're just... We're just going to get started. And we're going to start where we left off. So last we left off, Damian, after 70 episodes, had finally opened his eyes. Santiago was at the hospital seeing Damian for the first time and threatening him. And he was saying, I want you to wake up. I want you to wake up so that I can kill you with my bare hands. It was very chilling. It was a very chilling scene. And then Damian opens his eyes turns his head and looks at Santiago. And that's how the episode ends. So picking up where that happens, Santiago leaves the hospital. He doesn't do anything to Damian. 
Damian is still very weak from all of this, but he starts making a recovery and they decide that they're gonna they're gonna move him from the hospital to Raquel's home. To her bedroom. And that's gonna cause some tension because this is a man that Raquel absolutely despises and now she's gonna have to coexist with him as he's recovering. And as we mentioned last episode too, Fede and Mia are both, they they have different reactions, but they're both definitely not antagonistic towards their father. Mm-hmm. Mia especially. Mia is excited. Mia is ready for their family to be back to normal, for them to be one. So she's happy. And Raquel has to swallow all of this and deal with him being in her home and deal with also the fact that Damian has, he's suffering through PTSD and some sort of amnesia where he doesn't remember what happened that night. We see him get nightmare flashbacks of the scene, but it's never a lot. It's bits and pieces, some audio here, some images here, but he doesn't remember anything that happened that night, really. And I will add that Damien's awakening actually caused, I don't even know how to put this, but it, it, obviously stirred up a lot with other people, a lot of emotions in everyone, not just the people in his household. And to me, something that was really funny was that like literally all the doctor kept saying was like, make sure he's rest, don't stress him out. And every time someone would go visit him, they'd stress him the fuck out. And he would go into these flashbacks. And pretty early on, like, so when when we're watching it, Dulce and I are constantly texting each other. And when he woke up, I, you know, went into my theories. I was like, is, I actually thought that Karina might be alive. It was like a half thought. Like, I only half believed it. I'd be like, that'd be crazy. (laughs) But, nah. But I also thought that something that would be really interesting was if Damien completely lost his memories of Carolina and maybe like lost the last five years of his life. And I actually thought this was going to happen. To a point it almost did. Exactly. Because like Dulce was saying, like it's, it was, it was almost like the stress that pushed him to remember because someone would come attempt to murder him. I feel like Andres tries to murder him. Santiago isn't actively trying to murder him while he's down, but he's definitely threatening him. I love Santiago. He's literally, I see Santiago on the sidelines, like pacing back and forth like a boxer, literally just waiting for the moment where. Damian is fully recovered so he can fucking attack this man. But it's these traumatic things that bring up his memory. And it's really confusing trying to figure out like what he remembers because so there's this moment where he's, he's still in the hospital and he kind of wakes up abrupt, abruptly and Raquel is there and he's like Fede, like Federico se está ahogando, like. Federico's having one of his asthma attacks and she's like no no he's okay it takes her some effort to get him to calm down and then she calls Federico over and when he sees Federico it was actually a very touching moment on my you know my son because when he sees Federico he he says that's not Fede and Raquel is like of course it is and then Fede my baby boy just takes his hand and places it against his cheek which I thought was darling of course and it's in that moment that the man recognizes his son and his eyes start to tear up and it's it's like this confusion of like oh my god like how much of my son's life did i miss 
But then there's also moments when he's still in the hospital with his daughter Mia where he's asking for Carolina. So again, that kind of had us questioning like, did he forget the last couple years, but he also remembers that he had to witness the death of this person called Carolina. Which obviously, if you think about it, is a really traumatizing scene because imagine you just all of a sudden wake up, don't even know you've been in a coma, and all you see are flashes of a woman getting killed. That's traumatic. And that's what we thought was originally happening too. Right. But then, so as this continues on, it kind of goes back and forth. And usually when it goes back to us kind of feeling like he has forgotten the last like five years, it's always with when he's with Raquel. Mm-hmm. And Raquel does this thing where she's always like, be- right before she goes off on him, she's like, are you listening? Can you hear me? Can you, are you listening to me? Do you understand me? Because I want you to remember this. And oh my God, chills on the back of my spine. And she tells him all that he did to her. And so it's when he's with Raquel that seemingly he's forgotten everything he put her through. But with everyone else, he's talking about Carolina. And then Raquel calls him out. She's like, you're, I don't believe you. Like you're full of shit. And there's a moment where he actually confesses to Miriam, I am going to lie as long as I have to because I have to get my family back. Go ahead. Go off. No, and I was going to say, and that's the part that's really telling because we see at that point when he says, I remember everything. I'm just, he's very worried. He's very, but he's also very sure of what he's doing. So that immediately, I was like, he's lying to protect someone. And I've mentioned this all throughout this series, is that I always thought that the person who killed Carolina was on Damian's side of the family. So when, stop rolling your eyes at me. (laughs) That wasn't a roll. It was, I looked at you and then I looked away. That was a roll. And so when he said, when he said that, I was like, oh shit. Like it had to be someone from his family that he's trying to protect. And it was immediately Mia, Fede, or Raquel. Uh, because he would not protect his mom. He would not protect Andres. And, and the, and the thing that really got me where I, I really didn't know whether to trust them. I mean, I know that we are not supposed to trust Damian. But also, I will say that throughout these last few episodes, because the timeline in the past is catching up to the present. And so as it catches up to the present, the more sympathetic I got for Carolina and Damian. And I will let you go in a bit, Kimberly. So the more sympathetic I got for them and the more I really started to see this as a tragedy on all aspects. The tragedy of Carolina and Damian not not being able to have met years prior and having to live their love in secret and being cowards and not being able to tell their family and the tragedy of Raquel and Santiago falling in love during these super tragic circumstances after losing both of their spouses. And so there's a tragedy throughout this all. And once we, next week's episode, we'll talk a little more about the tragedy because even the writer in a video said that this was always going to be a family tragedy. And I really did see this. But the point I want to get to is that at one point, Damian is point blank, like he's trying to get back together with Raquel. He's like, I, it was a mistake. And when he said that, I was like, what? I don't trust him. 
Because as an audience, we've seen him fall in love with Carolina. We've seen everything he's gone through to be with this forbidden love. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, that was all a mistake. I want you, Raquel. I guess I saw it differently. I think, so this novela has showed me where I can be really judgy with people, <laughs> right? Because I just see, I don't I don't know if it's fair anymore that I put down Carolina and Damian so much because, and like, weirdly, I talked to my boss about this and he told me I was being judgy. What? He was kind of like, humans make mistake and like, you've never been in, and I'm like, I was almost like, oh my God, David, like, <laughs> did you ever cheat on him? I didn't ask him, but he basically told me, you know, I, I can't speak because I've, I've never been put in a position of falling in love with someone outside of my relationship. So considering that, I started trying to look at Carolina and Damian differently. And you're right, like, as the show continues, there's moments where you can see, like, their passion, like, almost, like, breakthrough to love, which, like, maybe, maybe it's fair to say that their love is always constantly there, but most of the time it looks like passion, right? Because they're meeting up and they're just fucking, basically. And so in those moments where you see it peek through, where we talked about this, like where Carolina confesses to Damian about her family situation of her past as a child. In those moments, that's when I also feel the tragedy. But I think it's just, I can, I just can never forgive them for hurting Santiago, for hurting Raquel. I just, I can't forgive them. And there's a scene that I'm thinking about. I don't know if it's too early to get there. It's in Dulce's soon-to-be-out compilation video. About a little soon. A little, a little soon. soon? Okay, I'll get there. But with all of their back and forth, that also makes me lose respect for them. Because I'm just like, fucking stand by who you are and stand by your decisions. And I think for so long, that's why I've also put so much more... I've just aimed so much more negative t negativity towards Carolina. Because Damian is like, let's fucking do this. Like, I want to be with you. And Carolina's like, no. But then there's also the switch when Carolina and Damian make their final ultimatum to each other, where it's like, we have to talk to our spouses. Carolina actually separates from Santiago. And this is weeks before the accident. I think maybe three months before the accident, where she separates from Santiago and everyone looks at her as a villain. Everyone goes off on her. And Damian is unable to do the same with Raquel. So he was all talk, but she finally did it, and he didn't do it. Well, I really want to get into why the man didn't do it, but first let me say, this is also, so like I said, I was getting to a point where I was like, you know, feeling for them. This was the moment where I was like, nah, fuck you guys again. Because yeah. to me, it was really painful to see them be like, okay, finally, like we're going to be together. And then Damian, just like when he realizes that he can't leave Raquel, is kind of like, oh, I'm going to be with Raquel now. And Carolina being like, oh, like you're not going to leave your wife? Well, I'm going to go be with my husband and be happy with my husband. And the reason why that hurts me so much is because I'm like, it's, it's almost like I understand that they don't want to hurt their spouses. But to me, it's more cruel to let someone be a second choice. Yeah, and they definitely treat their spouses as a second choice, but I don't know. I it's tragic for sure, but yeah. I think it's just like it's it it go it's tragic 
but it goes down to personal preference and it goes down to our own biases. And maybe it's the fact that I was cheated on. Maybe it's the fact that I grew up around so much cheating and I've seen the damage that it causes, but I definitely have a really big bias towards cheaters and that just does not let me fully, fully root for them. I guess in defense of Carolina and and, and Damian, they, they weren't serial cheaters. This was both of their first times. There was a misdirect where we thought that Damian had cheated on Raquel before, but he hadn't. It turned out to be a lie. But that's what, I don't know. Like, yes, it was passionate, but they did fall in love. And again, they were just cowards. And a lot of us are cowards sometimes. I know, but to me, that doesn't give you an excuse. Like, nothing excuses doing harm. Nothing will ever excuse doing harm. But even if they would have told their spouses right away they still would have been doing harm you know and i think that's what made it so difficult for them i guess but it's just like i don't know and then staying with them would have also been harm because you're staying with someone you don't love okay but how about this why just not do any harm why not you can control who you fall in love with yeah but you can control what your body does yes many people love other people and just resign themselves to never being able to touch them so to translate are you saying that had they just loved each other but not had sex at all it would have been okay if they would have just loved each other for three years and never had sex at all i would have been fucking rooting the fuck out of them right but i don't think we're i don't think we're supposed to necessarily like root for them as much as i don't think so Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mistakenly a couple of times said that I felt that the music was making us want to root for them, but I don't think so. I think that we were just supposed to see them and um, maybe understand them a little, but not root for them. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I do understand them. Do I agree with it? No. But I understand why they went through what they went through. Mm-hmm. And in the end, like theirs is probably the most tragic of love stories. I disagree. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to resign. Like, I have a bias. You do, for sure. Resting that conversation aside, we're going to move over to what's happening as Damian is, is staying with Raquel and starting to recover. So someone we haven't really talked about a whole lot is the character of Andres. Andres is a sleazebag. We hate him. He's like a true villain. Him and Miriam are the two obvious villains. And then we see another character, Alina, slowly become a villain. Remember when I said I we shouldn't trust her? Remember? Well, yeah, because instantly she was given like... But you were like, oh, no, I, I forget. But last episode, you definitely made a defense for her. I didn't... I'm you sure did. I wasn't defending her. I'm sure I was just like blinded by her hotness. And that's your bias. And that's my bias. <laughs> but yeah, so Alina slowly starts to emerge as a villain too, like a true villain. So let me put Andres and Miriam aside for a second. While Raquel is taking care of Damian and having to be involved because the male doctor that they hire or nurse they hire is like, Raquel, like be involved with this. Raquel, help us do this. So she literally has to relive the trauma of being cheated on and being betrayed over and over again as she has to help her husband. Naturally, that causes a rift between her and Santiago. During this rift also, Santiago is still trying to get Benha back and he has to go to Alina, who's his lawyer. And Alina, 
I, I, to the end, I did not know what to think. Like, I didn't know who she truly wanted or what she truly wanted until the end. I just, like, I just have to mention, I always, when I think of her, I always think, or when I think of her now, I always think of that line, that Megan the Stallion line, where she's like, don't want you, because I want his daddy. And I'm just like, oh, that's Alina. So Alina wanted the daddy. Yeah, she changed her mind. She was like, she was like, okay, I'm done with Nico. Like, whatever. He's done with me. Whatever. Like, doesn't mourn him at all. Just, she, all of a sudden, she wants Santiago. That was always a... And we did see signs of this early on when she was, like, flirting. But we interpreted it as she's trying to make Nico angry. And she's trying to get to Nico. Really, what Alina's whole thing is, it's, like, it's definitely ego. Oh, yeah. Um, Because when Nico... Le rechazó. Did I say that right? Rechazó. Rechazó. I'm like, what did I say? Um, <laughs> when Nico basically rejects her, she's like, no one ever rejects me. And it's her ego that's hurt. It's mm-hmm. not really her heart. And we see the same thing with Santiago because the whole time, like, so there's a, unfortunately, between our favorites, there's a lot of tension at this point because Santiago is legitimately hurt. He's jealous of Damian for spending so much time with Raquel. He's literally like, she, he doesn't deserve to have her help. And then at the same time, he he's just basically so angry and jealous and wants to like strangle him and is just hurting for Raquel. He's just hurting for Raquel and the fact that she has to basically like, is, she's forced to be around Damian at this point. But then at the same time, Raquel has always seen Alina for who she is. Like, I think multiple times had a conversation with her about why the fuck are you fucking this this boy who's young enough to be your son? And then on top of that, has always told Santiago, she wants you. Like, she wants something with you. And so the fact that Santiago's spending so much time with Alina, it, it makes her jealous and it makes her pissed off. And so it causes this really big separation between them. And when Santiago finally gets a clue, which, like, Santiago's so cute. Like, he really doesn't have a clue about anything. He doesn't know how to act around women. He doesn't know when women are blatantly hitting on him. He doesn't... And at one point, he admits it. He's like, you no entiendo. Like, you no sé de esto. And the thing is, he really doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know how hot he is, too. Oh, my God. Like, I that know. any woman, any woman would be interested in him. He doesn't understand that. Including Florencia. <laughs> Including Florencia, which, you know, we won't even get to her because she's irrelevant, honestly. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, so when Santiago finally realizes, because Alina, despite her being super direct, it takes him a while to figure out, he's very vocal about, I'm in love with Raquel. And also, you slept with my son. Like, there's just no way that that's ever going to happen. But at the same time, he respects that she's a very talented lawyer. So he continues to seek her out for help. But then it's in that moment, it's in the final straw with Alina, which we'll dive in deeper to probably in a little little bit later. But it's in that final straw moment where Alina's also like, you don't want me? Fuck you then. Yeah, and I'll just also add, the other reason that they're hanging out so much is because Alina's like, I want to invest in your business. I want to invest in your business. It leads to a lot of confusion, a lot of high school level 
petty confusion where she answers Santiago's phone and pretends that they're together to Raquel. And again, Santiago is clueless because he's all like, oh, she's like having dinner with some inversionistas who want to invest in my in my business. Like, let's do it. And is going to the bathroom without his phone, which I immediately thought was weird. But then Kim did it the very next day, that, that very same day. I did it on purpose. Okay. <laughs> okay it was like it was a callback it was a call our own little callbacks for the show of our life so yeah so um the moment like you said that the final straw for alina is when she literally tells santiago quiero que me hagas el amor and then he's like no and then she's like hazme el amor and she's like begging in the smallest voice and santiago's like no you need to leave and she does and that's when she decides that she's gonna ruin santiago's life so that's on that subplot with Raquel and Alina and Santiago and that whole thing that happens all of a sudden. Now back to Andres and Miriam. So Andres has always been involved in shady deals. And by default, so has Miriam. Because she was signing off on things and she basically knew Andres was being shady. But her whole mentality was like, I don't see it. I don't know it. Doesn't exist. While her purse was getting full with money she has her abogado her lawyer rueda and it gets to the point where where fede who you may remember has been working at the fabrica and he started as a regular factory employee and then he moved on because everyone around him discovered that he was like the owner's son and then he started taking his rightful place in the oficina and he was like i know how this business runs i've seen it i can do it now and that's when he starts noticing all the inconsistencies with andres and how he runs the business and so he starts enlisting the help of azucena damian's confidant secretary everything like super loyal to damian knew about damian and carolina offered carolina like an ear to listen to her complaints and everything it's probably damian's best friend honestly yeah so they're looking for these files and andres is trying to hide these files and these are files that show all the shady dealings that they've been doing which involves messing with narcos it's bad fede and azucena find them are able to get them and andres finds out so he has azucena kidnapped so then azucena gets kidnapped and she gets beaten up And it's all because of these files. So now, while this whole subplot is happening with corruption and everything, Damian has gotten better. And he's now in a a wheelchair. And tiene el descaro. He has the audacity to ask to be taken to Santiago's home. And so he gets taken to Santiago's home where Raquel and Santiago are both at. Raquel in this beautiful blue turtleneck. Santiago looking as hot as ever. And they open the door and there's Damien. And Kim, I don't know, what are you... (laughs) I feel like you want to talk about this. (sighs) I definitely want to talk about this because I'm just like, yeah, like the audacity to go to this man's home to disturb... Like, obviously, his existence is so fucking disturbing to this man. To Raquel, too, but she has had to put up with it. The fact that he was there alone, just so disrespectful. The fact that he went to kind of like... I guess it's not really clear if he went there with the intent or if, because this was shortly after he finally find out, he finally found out that Raquel and Santiago were romantically together. He did not know of this since he had woken up from his coma. So 
I'm not sure if it was there to confront the two, but what it ended up being was like him hurting them in the cruelest way possible, which is telling them about how much he loved her and how much they tried to stop, but their love was too strong, which like, I don't give a fuck if that was true or not. You're not going to go throw that in Raquel and Santiago's face. And then this, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm like, my hand is like moving like I'm ready to swing. And then he has the fucking audacity because Raquel, you know, or Santiago was like, why didn't you say something? And he's like, because Fede, because Mia, because there was always something that came up. And when he mentions her children's name, you see something like snap in Raquel and she just turns around slowly and then when he says even with you like you had your issues and she fucking loses it throws herself on top of him starts slapping him and is like so you're saying this was my fault and it was just such a it just now thinking about it like just like remembering her first gorgeous breakdown when she was like i was everything i was the perfect wife i was always happy i was always in a good mood for him to now say this after all that she put up with after all that she did for him like fuck yeah i wanted to rip his head off too and i'll just say i don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt them because you skipped over because again, I feel like your bias is only seeing the worst in Damien right now. But when he's telling them all of this, he's apologizing. He's he's saying he's sorry. He's sorry about everything. This is Damien, really Damien's only opportunity to ever get this off his chest and talk to them and confront them. And not even confront them, but to dar la cara, which means to just basically show face. Because really he has nothing to confront them about. But he's giving them this opportunity for him to to tell them yes this happened but also for them to fucking fight back and he does he lets raquel smack the shit out of him he lets santiago throw verbal jabs at him get physical almost like he he lets that happen he could have easily shouted for his nurse to come in he could have easily like not even shown up he knew that this was gonna happen so i think it's it's a way for him to lay rest Almost, because I want to go back to something you said last episode. And you mentioned how when Damian opened his eyes and looked at Santiago, he was almost like begging him to kill him. And I think that 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 energy in Damian is still very much alive. And he does not want to be here. Right now, we don't know it yet. We don't know it. We don't know it yet. It'll be something that's going to be explored in the finale. But Carolina, when Carolina died, it took him. Um, When Carolina died, that was the death of Damian too. At this point, he's just trying to do what's right. And part of it is ask for forgiveness, which is what he's doing in this scene. But I'll just also add that the performances from this trio of actors is just probably, as an actor, like this is a performance I want to see in every acting class. I am appalled that none of them won a telenovela award. I will add an amendment. I looked it up and Carlos Ferro did win an award. Okay. But not Silvia Navarro and not Gabriel Soto, who deserved it. Gabriel Soto. So I I also think another reason why I started having sympathy for Damian was because of Gabriel Soto as an actor. Like I couldn't, and I'm not an actress or an actor or a thespian, <laughs> but even I could recognize like, holy fucking shit. And it was such a change in these last episodes. And not even with 
Damian coming out of a coma. It was also a change with Damian, like even, I feel like even in the past, like there, there was the leading up to the accident. Exactly. Like there was such a change because, and I think Dulce said it best when she said it to me is like, they didn't give, really give him much to work with. Like for half of it, he was just laying in a bed. And for other half, for the other half, we were just kind of seeing him as like this scumbag, this scummy guy. And so when he, I feel like, Gabriel Soto like took an inch and fucking ran with it. Ran for the mile. He really did so much. Silvia Navarro. I had never heard that name before a couple months ago. I am a fucking die hard fan of Silvia Navarro. I don't know how she's able to like transfer her emotion through a fucking screen through years, right? Because this was recorded like years ago. But the fuck that it, it the, the fuck. <laughs> The fact that it penetrates your soul, that's just a testament to how amazing this actress is. It's, she, she literally gives me chills. I just, oh, oh, okay. Take the wheel, cause I'm. I guess just to have this continue be the Silvia Navarro show. Y'all, like, I, this scene, I posted it on TikTok so y'all can go and see this scene. The range, because, and I, I guess I'll just talk about each of the actors. <laughs> I will just take a moment to talk about each actor individually. So first of all, Carlos Ferro, right? I feel like he's given, in terms of emotional range as Santiago, the least amount to work with because Santiago is a very straight man. Very straight cut, very like what he believes in, he believes in. He's not someone that can be moved really easily. So the fact that he's able to pull off such a raw performance as Santiago and the way he reacts to Damian, the way we see the cracks in him when he tries to be like, like, soy el hombre, like I'm going to stand firm. But when he can't handle it anymore and he does his outburst, it, which is a Santiago outburst because Santiago is never going to have an outburst like Raquel would. Like his outburst is going to be different and it's so good and it's so emotional and it's so gut-wrenching. And there have been a couple of scenes where Santiago's character has made me like tear up. One is in a previous episode, he has a conversation with Lola about what love is. And it fucking, oh, it, it broke me. And to see him now do this scene where he's like, you guys betrayed us. You did this to me. You se burlaron de nosotros. Oh, so good. Gabriel Soto now. <laughs> on, on a newbie actor, on an actor with not much talent, it would have been easy to not display the range and to just sit there and take it all in and have no emotion. He in a wheelchair like so he he loses his mobility so as actors sometimes when we're upset and this is something so an actor trick that we're taught is when you're in a conflict scene the person that's moving around is a person that doesn't have the power because they're moving around they're nervous something is not holding them in place and the person who's standing still is the person that typically commands the room and has the power but in this he's a person standing still because he isn't able to move but he does not have any of the power. And so to flip that and still show as much emotional range as he does with just his upper body and really just his neck and face, so good. His tears, his his emotional breakdown that he goes, his PTSD that comes up through this, he's playing like seven different emotions in one moment. Oh, and then Silvia Navarro, what can I say? She's our queen. 
we're literally after this we were we were looking at novelas with silvia navarro that we were going to watch next she's just her she's a queen she's been robbed at every single tv novela award ceremony she consistently has gotten nominated never won an award is it Mm-mm. is it childish of me that i want to make her one <laughs> See, I don't think she would even want one. I don't think she wants one either, but it's almost like more for me. We make- should we should make Silvia Navarro a TV novela award. We should make wait, we should make one for the podcast. Like awards for the podcast. We should. What would that even be called? I don't know. We can I know cuz you know what? I want to make a TV novela award. One of my favorite YouTubers once did a craft video where she made a Grammy to all the actors to all the actors to all the artists that were robbed from the grammys that year maybe you can call them the robbed awards or something <laughs> maybe so i don't get sued by tv novelas yeah the robbed awards stay tuned we'll, we'll film that for my youtube channel so yes so then to wrap these plot lines that are happening so so we can wrap this episode going back to the corruption plot line with andres miriam and fede and and Sus- uh, susana azucena sorry my cousin's name is azucena how could I forget? <laughs> so this isn't funny, but she she is kidnapped. And then we see her be brought into the conference room with Andres and Fede, who Andres discovered in his office. And he's like, you have the files, don't you? And Fede's like, no, I don't have anything. Da, 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 da. So he brings Azucena in. Azucena has been beaten up and she's like, please let Fede go. Like, let him go. Let him go. But she's not cracking. And so Fede is basically set loose to retrieve the files. And Andres is like, if you don't get them to me, she's dead. You're both dead. So Fede runs away and leaves. And when he runs, then it's just Azucena and Andres together alone. And something in Andres just flips and he takes off his belt and he strangles Azucena to death. And it is so hard to watch. I did not like the scene at all because it was just, it was just very graphic and very prolonged and very, uh, it was just really sad to watch. Also, Azucena, who all, her biggest fault was being loyal, which sucks, the tragedy of this whole situation. To see her die and when she's dead, Andres is shocked and he's like, Azucena, wake up. Like, Azucena, move. Azucena. And then when he realizes that he killed her like he can't take it i i feel like even he didn't know he was capable of that no because he's always relied on his friends Mm -hmm. and we we kind of start getting the sense of this of like why all of a sudden the panic in andres because he was fine being like the the like you know the forgotten yeah the sleazeball forgotten cousin who does his shady shit on the side and no one respects. He was fine with that. But there's a moment where he tell, and it's first it's with Medium, where he's like, we're doing things my way now. So you can just fucking deal. And he knocks her out too. He, yeah. Tries he, to kill her. He tries to kill his own aunt. Like, for these papeles. Exactly. And we start to realize that there's like this really strong desperation in him and i think we like that was most evident to me when he was killing azucena because in that moment of like this desperation kind of pushes him to like commit this horrible act and he even he's taken aback by it so then he runs down and he's he's waiting outside of raquel's home and kim and i have come to realize that nothing good happens outside of raquel's home so as soon as we saw the camera shot 
We were like, oh no. And sure enough, Fede is running away from Andres. He is running out. And when he runs out, Andres is there. And he, Andres points the gun at Fede and is like, you're going to get in the car. And so Andres and Fede are both in the car when all of a sudden a third party arrives. It's Andres's narco associates who kidnapped both of them. So now our baby Fede is kidnapped. I know, the whole time I was like, not my son. Like, he just wanted to save the family business, not my baby boy. And while this is happening, the police arrive to Santiago's home, and they're gonna question Raquel, because they discover that the night of the accident, there was a third vehicle, and that vehicle was registered to Raquel, and they need to know her whereabouts, which she doesn't remember because she had a disassociate, disassociate? Disassociative. Disassociative episode, so she doesn't know where she was that night. And so the police want to question her, want to question Santiago, and while all of this is happening, it's triggering Damian, who blurts out, I did it. I killed Carolina. And so the police arrest Damian. The police arrest Damian. Fede has been kidnapped. All of a sudden, it looks like Carolina's murder is going to be resolved. And that is how the episode right before the finale ends. Obviously, we had to keep watching. We had to. Fede was in trouble. I know. My son. I, I was really worried about him. Me too. Because so something that I appreciate, but also it's been hard, is... Fede has been getting a lot more screen time, but because he's going through so much hard shit. So obviously I'm excited to see him. And we didn't even talk about his amazing performance. Oh, we didn't. It's going to be for the after show when okay. we do a, like a, a Karen Tentacion revisited. Just know, like, he deserved his TV novela award. He worked for that. So that is how the episode ends. That is how we're going to end this episode leaning up to the finale. And Kim, because we already saw the finale, I don't think it's fair to ask who we think the killer is. Maybe who... Who did we think? Or who did, Who would you... Um, I was going to say, who would you want the killer to be? But I feel like that would also spoil something. Yeah. Yeah, we can't do it. So we won't do this for you all. We'll just end by telling you all that we're exhausted. We're drained. We're emotional. I don't know how people watch this telenovela like night to night without the ability to binge it. I was actually thinking maybe that's the healthier way to do it because <laughs> we really are drained. We've been binging this and it is taking it out on us. It really is. But you know what? I'm really, really excited to talk about the finale so friends, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Kim, thanks so much for putting up with the emotional roller coaster of this telenovela. I will be seeing you all again next week for the finale of Caer en Tentacion. And let me just say this. This telenovela is one of the best telenovelas out there. Best pieces of media out there. Best pieces of media. So you all should watch it right now. And with that, I will see you all again next week for the grand finale. 